Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Holy smokes, welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. You could have been anywhere in the world today, but you chose to be here, and for that, we are grateful. My name's Ben. My name is Noel. Ben, have you ever been to Rhode Island? I have, multiple times, yeah. I haven't. It seems really small on the map, though. What's it like? It is uh, It is very small. Uh, every time I've been to Rhode Island, I've been driving through it, so I've... I've stopped at places that were convenient along the road, but I have not spent any time there. It's one of those places where you, you blink and you missed it. Mm-hmm. Super producer Casey Pegram. Have you ever been to Rhode Island? I have not. I was just saying off mic that uh, a band I like a lot, Lightning Bolt, comes from Rhode Island. And then I kind of associate them or Rhode Island with uh, RISD and like all the cool stuff that came out of the Rhode Island School of Design. That's right. A lot of bands, uh, turns out, go to art school first. Yeah. yeah. I think David Byrne, right? <laughs> Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Seth MacFarlane from Family Guy went to Rhode Island School of Design. Did he really? Is Cohog in Rhode Island? I think it is. Yes, Rhode Island School of Design, a prestigious academic institution. Today's story for those of us following along at home, is one uh, one more notch in our quest, one more step in our quest to do an episode about all 50 states in the United States. You see, years and years and years and years before the Rhode Island School of Design existed, there was something called the Gaspy Affair. This took place in Rhode Island, and it's, it's a, an historical incident of great importance and has some funny parts of the story, but it's a story that's unfamiliar to a lot of us in the modern U.S. It's sometimes regarded as, what, the first naval engagement of the American Revolution. Uh, It's sometimes called Rhode Island's version of the Boston Tea Party, right? But what happened exactly? 
Well, before I tell you what happened, I have to tell you some other notable RISD alums. The entire Talking Heads went to RISD. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah, but apparently David Byrne only made it like a year or something. That makes yeah. sense. He's too, he was too much of a kook to uh, follow the rules of an art institution, that's right? right? That's right. And also we've got uh, James Franco. Perfect. Perfect fit. Sam Hyde. Remember Sam Hyde? The <laughs> no, million dollar talked extreme about him. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what happened during the Gatsby affair. So, the ship in question, the Gatsby, was hot on the trail of the Hannah, which was a smuggling ship from America, and it ran aground off of uh, the Namquit Point in Providence's Narragansett Bay. Wow, that's a tough one. What do you think, Ben? Narragansett? Narragansett. Boom. I'm going with Narragansett. The Narragansett Bay, and that was on June the 9th. Uh, So John Brown, who's this American merchant, um, was not feeling good about British taxes on on the things that he was selling. So he rode out to the Gatsby with some other guys, colonists, and they took over the ship. They uh, got rid of the crew, and then they set the ship on fire. When I say got rid of, I don't mean that they killed them. I just mean they escorted them off the vessel. Right. So that's the that's the top level story, right? How did we get here? The the action kind of begins brewing in 1763. As a consequence of the French and Indian War, England has gained control of Canada, Florida, and the land west to the Mississippi River to protect these territories. The British need an army to, you know, they want to uh, position an army along the frontier. It makes sense, but it also requires some cold, hard cash. And because the British crown doesn't want to have to foot the bill itself, they go to the 13 colonies of what would later become the United States, and they say, give us some scratch. The colonists say, heck no, how dare you, for two reasons. First, They said, why are we going to pay for an army on the border when the British won't let us settle in these new lands? Again, they won't let us settle in Canada, Florida, lands west of the Mississippi. And then they said, second, why are the British attempting to take more control over colonial trade after they had already let us operate with a somewhat free hand for over a century, right? And then these taxes are getting passed in 1764. People in the colonies generally did not like paying taxes. Rhode Island gets super PO'd about this because the taxes target commerce. And this is a very small colony. And other than the Bay, they don't have a a lot going on. And there was this whole practice that you might have read about in history class called mercantilism where uh, British colonies were required to only trade with England. And there had been sort of a kind of a grace period, I guess, where folks in port cities like Newport and Providence um, in Rhode Island had been making a fair amount of money and trading with partners from all over the world. Now that was not going to be happening anymore. So adding additional tax to this already kind of simmering situation of resentment uh, was not a good thing. That's right. And let's Let's also paint the picture here. Rhode Island at this time is a lot more edgy than the Rhode Island of modern day. It's a notorious uh, hidey hole for smugglers and privateers, and people are evading taxes left and right. The British government are pretty much just attempting to enforce the law. Granted, it is a law that they made without much say-so from the colonists. So they passed specifically the Sugar Act, 
and then they bring six ships across the pond to enforce this act. And one of these vessels is a vessel called the Gatsby. The people of Rhode Island did not dig the enforcement of these new laws. Uh, They attacked the HMS St. John in 1764. Five years later, they burned the HMS Liberty, a custom ship, as it was in Newport Harbor. And by 1772, the Gatsby is a known problem in the bay because they are almost working on commission. They want to collect as much custom, as much taxation as they can because they get a slice of the pie. And a lot of this goes back to a guy named Lieutenant William Duddingston. That's such a weird name. Uh, I was going to pronounce it Dudingston. Yeah, he feels like a dud to me, though. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So he was the commander of the Gatsby. And he was the one making the call to be as aggressive as the Gatsby was. So once they've moved up into the bay, his tactics really start getting on the colonists' nerves. He is hunting everybody. Uh, Ships from, you know, the large merchant traders who sail across the ocean to really small traders who are just kind of going up the coastline, even down to people who are just trying to make a living catching fish. He's a real pill. And uh, they were even ordered to take supplies from farmers in the area without asking them. They were just stealing stuff. Not a good look. Not, Not a good look. He was despised. He was universally despised. And rightly so. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So, yeah, I mean, and as time went on, um, he kept using these really userous, kind of mean-spirited, aggressive uh, tactics, and it kept riling up these colonists. And it was really an untenable situation, right? Yes. Even the governors of colonies wrote to the British saying that the Gatsby crew was out of pocket. This is my one of my favorite parts. Uh, this goes back a few years. Uh, 1772, Governor Joseph Wanton 
says that in addition to robbing the colonists, harassing them, they also insult the colonists with, quote, the most abusive and contumelious language. Jeez. <laughs> contumelious. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that word, but I think I will adopt that one uh, for myself. Um, so it's true. Yeah, contumelious, C-O-N-T-U-M-E-L-I-O-U-S. And, of course, as a guy with the name like Dudingston, Duddingston uh, would do, he refused and he kept this disruptive behavior going all throughout the Narragansett Bay. And then on June 9th, the Gatsby chooses the wrong customer, right? They try to stop and search uh, a craft called the Hannah. The Hannah is a, a small trader from Newport. It's going from Newport to Providence. The captain of the Hannah is a fellow Ben. His name is Benjamin Lindsay. And he says, first off, he says, heck nah. And then they say, okay, and they fire some warning shots. And he goes, Whoa, super nah. And then Lindsay lures Lieutenant Duddingston into an area off of Namquid Point. And this is there's a there's a method to the madness here because Captain Lindsay knows that this part of the bay will be very shallow at the low tide. And by two o'clock, the Gatsby is run aground. The Hannah races away, making its escape. And then as soon as Lindsay gets to Providence, he tells, person we mentioned at the top, John Brown, what happened. This is important because John Brown was probably the, uh, the most well-off man in the community, right? He sure was. All right, so starting here, we're going to give you a little bit of a reenactment type play-by-play that we got from New England Historical Society dot com, seventeen seventy-two Gatsby Affair, Rhode Island's Tea Party ship burned. So it starts with Brown ordering eight longboats to be delivered to Fenner's Wharf. And he wanted them to be treated in a certain way. He wanted them to have silencers applied to their oars and oar locks. I can only imagine that that would involve some sort of fabric or, you know, some sort of cushion that you would put there so they wouldn't make those sounds. Uh, He then got a drummer, a little drummer boy, to go around the town and announce that the Gatsby had run aground and that anyone that wanted to get in on the destruction— should go to the home of one James Sabin, who lived right next to Fenner's Wharf. And this is where another player enters the game, Ephraim Bowen. I don't know any Ephraims nowadays. I, I like love the, the name. name. I love the name. Yeah, he's about 19 years old, and he grabs his pop's gun and powder and shot, and then he runs over to James's house, and he sees there's a crowd of people around. Uh, there, Some people are working on musket balls in the kitchen, and then he sees his pal, a uh, kid around his age, Joseph Buckland, uh, was there too. And just remember that guy for later in the story. That night, There's no moon, right? It's really dark. Uh, So those muffled oars and oarlocks help a lot. More than 100 people row out in longboats to the Gatsby. Old Lieutenant Duddingston is awake, and he leans over the gunwale. it, It sounds like he's in his jammies. And he says, who goes there? And then this guy, Abraham Whipple, says, I'm the sheriff of the county of Kent, God." You, I have a warrant to apprehend you, damn you, so surrender. 
you. The mouth on this guy. <laughs> right? What happens next? Oh, my gosh. To Duddingston, no doubt, taken aback by this. What's the word, Ben? What kind of language? Contumelious language. Contumelious language. He clutched his pearls, uh, but he would clutch something else in just a minute because you see our pal Joseph Buckland, who was standing aloft the main seat of that longboat, one of the longboats that was surrounding the ship, realized that he had Duddingston in his sights. Right? Yeah. And so he, he calls to his buddy Ephraim. He calls him Effie, I guess. That's Effie for sure. Or That's F. cute. F, what, what have you. Uh, he says, reach me our gun and I can kill that fellow. <laughs> no, no, no doubt he said quite loudly. And uh, it's true. Uh, Buckland then fired at Duddingston, hit him in the arm once and then the lower abdomen. Uh, and he exclaimed, again, according to this account, which I, I love this language, is delightful. I have killed the rascal. And that's when Duddington took a fall. Um, and he thought... Uh, that he he was a goner. Yeah. Don't believe everything you see in films and fictional television. Even if someone has been shot before, literally everyone on the planet is surprised and horrified by the genuine pain of a gunshot. It's always like the first time. So old Lieutenant Duds thinks this is it. No more for the Dudster. The Dudster bites the dust. Things like that. I'm sure he was thinking. And People in Rhode Island today will sometimes still celebrate this shot, the shot fired by Buckland as the first shot of the Revolutionary War. So the crewmen of the Gatsby are captured and they're loaded onto these longboats that have been surrounding them. This is shortly before dawn. Uh, they had left one boat and the leaders of the raid behind. The Gatsby crew, the plan was to take them to the cellar of a house and then uh, – Old Duddies, Lieutenant Duddies, was taken separately to see a doctor. He was not, in fact, mortally wounded. Uh, the leaders of the raid, prominent Rhode Islanders like uh, the opium and slave trade kingpin John Brown, wealthy student town, Abraham Whipple, uh, the foul-mouthed sheriff, they hang on. Then they start going through stuff on the ship, right? They go through Lieutenant Duddington's papers. And then right as, picture this, this is so cinematic, right as dawn is breaching the horizon, they set fire to the Gatsby, they board their longboat, and then they sail away while people are watching the show, literally watching the show the way you would watch fireworks. Because the ship doesn't just slowly burn. We have to remember, this ship had gunpowder on it. Mm -hmm. So in the way you see like a car, for example, in a movie go off a cliff, it sits for a second and then explodes, that would never really happen with a car. But a burning ship full of gunpowder, there's going to be a boom. Just wait for it. It's going to be fun. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And this is where it takes a weird turn, right? Because it feels like the end of the story. That's not quite the end. Because you see, the British authorities were still around. They're still very much in play. And they decide, we are going to investigate this Gusby affair. And they open a case on it June 10th, 1772. And this case winds on for a year, but it runs into a big problem. Despite the numerous people who participated in the raid, despite the many more people who watched the ship burn down and explode, no one said they knew anything about what happened that night, who was involved, how it happened. There, Nobody would roll. Nobody would snitch. Everybody knew nothing as soon as the British came around. Yeah, and it wasn't even until America got it, independence from Britain that the real story came out, right? Which is hilarious. Yeah, so here's the thing. The Gatsby affair, we heard about Governor Joseph Wanton. He really was in hot water because he was a buddy of John Brown and a sympathizer of the plight of the colonists and the merchants, right? Yeah, he was in this rock and hard place situation because Governor Joseph Wanton was also a wealthy merchant. He was friends with other wealthy merchants like John Brown, a ringleader of the raid. And he sympathized with people. Other merchants in the colony were like, these British uh, customs officials are just jerks. They're real heels. They are rude. They talk down to us. Uh, but I don't want war with the British, says Governor Wanton. So he appoint he's appointed chairman of the Royal Commission of Inquiry. He does his best to soft pedal the investigation, to delay proceedings, to kind of placate British authorities like we're doing the best we can, we'll update you, etc. And everybody in Rhode Island is a united front. Nobody is going to roll on these raiders. And uh, that is why the official finding of the committee was, are you ready? This was undertaken by persons unknown. I love that expression. Person's unknown, just in general. It's just kind of ultimate absolution of, let's let it go. It's up there with mistakes were made. Mistakes were indeed made. And, you know, we said Wanton was kind of looked at as a sympathizer uh, because he was pals with with Brown and his family. Um, but at the same time, when the American Revolution did break out in 1775, he was branded as a loyalist because he didn't want war with Britain. But he was actually a bit more neutral, and that groundwork that he laid during the Gatsby affair sort of protected him uh, from the patriots when all hell broke loose. And they did not um, ransack his home as they would have with other Governors. Yeah, they were they were pretty much from what we can tell during the course of the war. The the Patriots 
and the revolutionary forces, when it came to Wanton, they pretty much told them to just stay out of it. You know what I mean? Mind your business. Don't get in our way, and we won't get in yours. Thanks for having our back during that Gatsby thing. And it did play a huge role. The possibility that the Gatsby raiders could be sent to Britain and tried for treason and given the death penalty really scared the colonists, and rightly so. They started forming what they called committees of correspondence. These things became kind of like shadow governments, and in a very real way, they were catalysts for what we call the American Revolution today. There's one last note to this story for everybody worried about our buddy, our pal, uh, the Dutters. He did survive. He had a close call. He did almost bleed to death, but he was saved. He continued his naval career, and eventually he died, a rich, happy old man in Scotland. Not too bad. Not too bad. You know, there were, there were a lot of hurt feelings. There was indeed a revolution, but in this situation— Was it televised? Uh, the revolution was not televised at that point. It was podcasted, though, at least. Probably. There was a blog, I think. There was a blog that was also mainly based on recipes, but to read the actual recipe, you had to go through this uh, five to ten paragraph story yeah. about what the recipe meant. Oh, that's the worst. And then you get to the part where it like, says, show more, and then it's a bunch of ads, and then maybe under that you get the recipe. Uh-huh. Uh, but we digress. This is kind of a parallel event to the Boston Tea Party in that it represented— Rhode Island's kind of we've had it moment, right? Yeah, and there's this, there's something amazing too and inspirational about how communities can band together, you know, to to enforce what they see as justice because anybody at any point could have turned around and given the British the evidence they needed for a species where three people have a hard time uh, cooperating, right, in general, to have an entire community do that is impressive and astonishing. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and we would like to hear from you. What are some more little-known, strange conflicts in American history that you think your fellow listeners would enjoy? You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, not just as a show, but as individuals. I am Ben Bolin on Instagram, having various uh, strange adventures, and I am Ben Bolin, HSW on Twitter. You can find me at How Now Noel Brown on Instagram. I've got a Twitter, but I don't really use it. I just use it to creep on other Twitters. Which is a legitimate use of Twitter. And also, have you ever seen have you ever seen those uh, uh, parody accounts where the idea is the American Revolution, but with Twitter? Like what founding fathers would have said on Twitter? It's hilarious. No, I, I, I do follow a Friedrich Nietzsche account, though, so it's probably mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. As always, thanks to super producer Casey Pegram, as well as Alex Williams, who composed that banging track you hear at the beginning of every episode. Thanks to research associate Gabe Luzier and our good buddy Ryan Barish, who uh, continues to give us a hand and hopefully we'll be hearing from very soon. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis here in spirit. I have a surprise for you, Noel. Yeah, let's hear it. I did not uh, tell you about for a while. Uh, We've both been traveling a lot, so it took me a second. Uh, As you know, circumstances found me in Japan. Uh, And as I like to do, when I get a chance, (sighs) I got you a souvenir. Ben! Let's see. Casey, I got you something too, but I didn't bring it with me today. No worries. It's a hat. It says Nagoya. It's a sport cap. 
of the snapback variety, and it has a lovely little stylized Japanese uh, fish dragon creature on the side. And it's just lovely, Ben. Well, there you go, I'm man. I'm switching it out right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Don't feel obligated. You don't have to. I just, I just thought of you when you I saw stop. the hat. Of course, listen to the sound of me making it very large for my large head. Okay, here it goes. Oh, still too no, still too small. Is it got, too small? Uh, no, no, I've got to, I've got to put it on the last little click here because I've got right, quite a big head. All right, ooh, it's still a little tight. Maybe it's for eating. No, it's perfect. There's like a little splash of color on the brim too. A see? little splash of yeah. color? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Is it hyper color? Yeah, it is kind of. Yeah, iridescent, like the scales of a Japanese dragonfish. There you go. Thank you very much, Ben. I love it. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at avalonwaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.